0: Welcome again to The Business of Kush, the Cannabis Business Podcast, where your host, Chip Schweiger, the Greenleaf CPA, and his guests talk about all the business side of the cannabis industry, including accounting, finance, investing, and news of the day. If you're a cannabis business owner, investor, or industry insider looking for the dopest tips to make more money, improve profits, and increase the value of your cannabis business, you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Chip Schweiger.
1: Hi, folks, and welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Kush, the podcast where you get one actionable tip each and every week to increase the value of your cannabis business. For our regular listeners and subscribers, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again this week. I sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. And if you're a new listener, a very warm welcome to what in a short time has really become one of the top cannabis business podcasts. So if you found yourself here for the first time, you're in great company. Once again, I'm your host, Chip Schweiger, the Greenleaf CPA. Yep, I'm that guy who's made it his mission to see you and your cannabis business grow by bringing 28 years of experience in public accounting and corporate finance to you, the cannabis entrepreneur. And I created this podcast with you in mind, with tips and tricks to help make more money and to build a more valuable cannabis business. Now, since we built this thing for you, how you feel about the topics we discuss, the guests we have, and the episodes we record is super important. And I think I mentioned a few weeks back that the way I come up with the episode topics is really pretty scientific. I talk to my clients about what challenges or issues they're facing in their cannabis business, and then we talk about them. And to take it a step further, if one client is asking about it, I figure lots of clients who might want to also get their arms around that same issue, so we talk about those on this podcast. Now, one of the most exciting markets out there is New Mexico, and I was visiting with a client the other day about the challenge of pricing products for his dispensary in that new market. And then a few days later, the same discussion with a processor about pricing strategies for a new distillate product. So that got me to thinking about pricing. The most important aspect of marketing and selling a product is pricing. Business owners often settle on an option without considering all of their options, copy competitors, or guess at what they think they should charge customers because it's too difficult to think through every possible variable in detail beforehand. Knowing which pricing models work best in the cannabis industry can simplify how you price a product and give you confidence knowing that you're not simply guessing. And since humans are irrational, product pricing is just as much an art form as it is a science. So for today's episode, I'll break down the scientific side of how to price your product. There is lots of research out there on the art of pricing, but my hope is this discussion will provide you with the tools and strategies you need to create a reliable, data-backed pricing structure for your product or service. There are lots of product pricing strategies out there based on the study of human psychology. Ending your price with a 9 or a 5, for example, is called charm pricing, and millions of businesses have used charm pricing to price their products, and it's proven increase sales. Or there's something called the rule of 100, which is a fantastic psychological hack to maximize the perceived magnitude of your discount, no matter the discount size. So with the rule of 100, businesses use percentage amount discounts for items under $100 and dollar amount discounts for items over $100. Now, without a doubt, psychology is an important part of pricing. But let's take a look at scientific approaches and strategies. Follow these steps to arrive at the optimal price for your product. Okay, step number one is find a base price by getting to know the common pricing strategies in your industry. Cannabis entrepreneurs should take advantage of the most innovative pricing options available to them. And that's why we're talking about it this week. I mean, if you want your cannabis business to navigate through this ever-changing industry like no other before us you might wanna look at pricing. And one of the most simple ways to price your product is what we call cost plus pricing. So cost-based pricing involves calculating the total costs it takes to make your product or deliver your service, and then adding a percentage markup to determine the final price. So for example, let's say you're selling an edible product with the following per item costs. The material costs are $10, the labor costs are $4, Overhead is $2, which makes the total cost of $16. Then you add your markup percentage, let's say 50%, which is kind of a retail industry standard, and you add that to the total cost to give you a final product price of $24, which is simply the $16 times 1.5. Now, if you remember our charm pricing tactic from the beginning, you actually might mark this product at $23.99. Now, this method is simple, it's fast, and it lets you quickly add profit margin to any product you intend to sell. Market-oriented pricing, also referred to as competition-based pricing strategy, market-oriented pricing compares similar products in the competition to the market. So the seller sets a price higher or lower than their competitors, depending on how well their own product matches up. If they price it above the market, they're consciously pricing a product above the competition to brand yourself as having a higher quality or better performing item. If you copy the market, that's selling your item at the same price as your competition to maximize profit while staying competitive. And if you price your product below the market, you're using data as a benchmark and consciously pricing a product below competitors to lure customers into your store over there. Now, each of the above strategies in the market-oriented model has its pros and cons. With market-oriented pricing, it's important to understand the costs of making your product, as well as the quality compared to competitors, so that you can accurately price your product. Dynamic pricing, also referred to as demand pricing or time-based pricing, is another strategy in which businesses set flexible prices for a product or a service based on current market demands. So in other words, dynamic pricing is the act of changing a price multiple times throughout the day or week or month to better match consumer purchasing habits. Now, if you've ever ridden in an Uber on your way to a concert and then tried to call one after the concert, you know how companies use dynamic pricing to maximize profits. Amazon, too, has long been using price surges on their most competitive items for big e-commerce shopping days such as Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Now, if you're a commodity or service business, you can actually use price dynamically based on usage. And a usage-based billing method is popular among utility providers and can also work if you're a toll processor of oil, for example. All right, step number two is to capture more market share by experimenting with pricing and understanding what we call price elasticity. So lots of cannabis businesses fall into the trap of thinking if they lower their product prices, more people will buy their product and their revenue will increase. Strategically lowering product costs does have benefits and can lead to increased revenue. For one, it reduces the amount of money being left on the table, which we refer to as consumer surplus, for customers who are willing to buy at various different price points. Simply put, consumer surplus is the difference between what a customer pays and what he or she would have been willing to pay. So how do you maximize profits while also capturing more market share? Well, this is the tricky part. You need to understand the sales volume of a product at very specific price points and what allows you to remain profitable. In other words, you need to understand price elasticity. So price elasticity is a measure of the relationship between a change in the quantity demanded of a particular good and a change in its price. If the quantity demanded of a product exhibits a large change in response to its price change, that is termed to be elastic. Now, as an example, imagine that you have 100 customers that purchase your product. After testing pricing, you find customers convert at different rates depending on the price of your product, You also find that sales volume fluctuates with that price. And you do this, by the way, by using the data from your POS system. Now, given this small amount of data, you can now easily calculate how much revenue is generated from each price point. Theoretically, this is a great way to improve upon the base product price that you calculated in step one. But there is one small problem. What about the customers who would have purchased at a lower price point, or maybe would have purchased at a higher price point? That's revenue that you're losing out on, and no sane business owner wants to do that, which is why you need a strategy to unlock that untapped goldmine. Now, there are lots of pricing strategies out there to do this, but my three favorites for profitably lowering prices are what we call the discount pricing, loss leader pricing, and anchor pricing. So let's talk about each one of them. Discount pricing is a strategy where items are initially marked up artificially or start at a higher price, but then are offered for sale at what seems to be a reduced cost to the consumer. An online retail store such as Macy's might offer discount pricing on all of its kitchen items for a very limited time to attract new customers and to boost sales. This is a simple way to attract new customers that might not have bought a particular item at the higher price. The key to ensuring that a discount pricing strategy remains profitable for your business, though, is to keep the profit margins close to zero or slightly positive. In other words, don't sell your products at a discount just to get customers in the door, only to find out that you're losing money hand over fist. Attract customers with discounts, yes, keep your profit margin on discount on items close to zero, and then upsell or cross-sell other items in your store to turn a profit. That is, unless you want to give loss leader pricing a shot. So similar to the discount pricing in strategy, loss leader pricing takes a slightly riskier approach to attracting purchasers. Now, according to Inc. Magazine, loss leader pricing is an aggressive pricing strategy in which a store sells selected goods below cost in order to attract customers who will, according to the loss leader philosophy, make up for the losses on highlighted products with additional purchases of profitable goods. So you might start with a web special page that you'll promote via email and through social media. Just be careful not to actually try to sell anything on social media. But the key difference with loss leader pricing versus standard discount pricing is businesses often know that they will not make a profit on the items sold as the loss leaders. And that starts with a deep understanding of your product costs and profit margins. And if you remember back to episode eight, we talked about what trends are coming for the cannabis industry. And one of the tips was to create a valuable business by keeping customers in your dispensary for as long as possible. It's been proven that the longer they stay in your store, the more they purchase. So you might experiment with loss leader pricing to help attract a large number of customers who otherwise would shop elsewhere. But be sure to apply other techniques to keep them in your store, and some of them will buy additional items with a higher profit margin. Now there's also something we call anchor pricing. There's a great video of Steve Jobs announcing the iPad price on stage in 2010. Now, he rhetorically asked the attendees what he should price the new iPad at. He says, quote, if you listen to the pundits, we're going to price it at under $1,000, which is code for $999. So $999 appears on the screen before he continues. And then he says, I'm thrilled to announce, though, to you that the iPad pricing starts not at $999, but at just $499. And then on the screen the $9.99 price is shattered by a falling 4 dollars That's anchor pricing at its absolute finest. So anchor pricing is where you display your regular price and then visibly lower the price of that item in the stores or online. And it works so well because it helps you create an image in shoppers' minds, even instantaneously, that they're getting an incredible deal. Little do they know that the regular price was made up in the first place. And this can get really slick if you have a product on the screen and as your customer scrolls, the regular price is somehow slashed before their eyes to a lower price. Something fun to experiment with is if you have a good webmaster or just cross out the regular price and have the lower price right below it. Now, step number three is to make sure that your product pricing drives long-term business profit. That's super important here. So at this point, you should have some idea of where you're going to start with your pricing of your product. But our work isn't quite done yet. To ensure that you maintain long-term product profitability, you must analyze your current business metrics, as well as design a plan to constantly experiment moving forward. So the pricing strategies covered above offer good guidance on how to price a product, However, the mix of pricing strategies that you implement in your cannabis business must result in enough income to cover your overhead expenses while also leaving you a bit for profit and to spark continuous growth. Now, overhead expenses are a whole host of costs that are fixed. You should consider them including rent, manufacturing costs if you're a processor, staff salary and related costs, packaging costs, and taxes. And Don't forget especially about taxes and the fact that you are taxed on gross profit rather than on net profit because of 280E. I recommend calculating your overhead expenses on a monthly basis. That way you'll have a running and accurate total at all times, allowing you to proactively price your product based on your findings. Now, if you find you're operating at a month over month net loss, you can quickly make decisions to return to profitability. There are many things that directly affect the pricing of a product, and that's why it's important not to allow your pricing strategy to remain static. Prices that fluctuate and move with the market will help increase revenue and decrease consumer surplus. Now, here are three great ways you can experiment with your pricing. One is raise your price on your best-selling items. Now, we've talked before about how lowering product prices can lead to a reduction in consumer surplus. Well, raising your prices can have a similar positive effect. If one or more of your products is selling at a high volume, experiment with raising its price ever so slightly. This will increase your gross revenue and allow you to make up for any other products that aren't pulling their weight. One way to offset the potentially negative impacts of raising your prices is to experiment with pairing higher prices with a non-cannabis spiff, like a t-shirt or a grinder. This will help you make your customers happy while also increasing your bottom line. Another trick is to take advantage of seasonal discounts or promotions. So seasonal sales and promotions are one of the best ways to attract more customers to your physical store. Even something as small as offering free rolling papers can help to increase customers and revenue. And if worse comes to worse, you can model, don't copy, but you can model what your competitors are doing. As with any great business or pricing strategy, looking towards the market, particularly to your competitors, is a great way to stay on top of current pricing trends. Everything from stock market fluctuations and employment rates to new laws and trends can affect the price that people are willing to pay for your product. That's why it's important to keep an eye on the market and on your competitors. But remember, you are operating on your terms with your overhead expenses and your profit margins. So while it's great to evaluate how they're pricing their product, you need to put your business first. Tons of cannabis businesses are vying for customers' attention, regardless of what vertical you're in. One way to gain a competitive advantage in a wild marketplace, like a new state that just opened up, is to have a product pricing strategy that is dynamic, one that moves with the market and one that allows your business to remain profitable all at the same time. Now, the last thing you want is customers leaving your store because you failed to adapt and update the value of your product. Use these tips consistently throughout the year. Save this episode so that you can come back to it or go to our website at bizofkush.com and bookmark this episode. Do whatever you have to to keep yourself accountable for ensuring that your product pricing strategy remains competitive. And if you do want to visit more on this, just drop me a note at chip at thegreenleafcpa.com. Okay, let's get to our last segment, and that's the one that we call News of the Day. News of the Day. All right, let's see. Our first article comes to us from MJBizDaily, and the headline reads, a few states could still legalize marijuana through legislatures this year. Now, a handful of states remain in play to legalize medical or recreational marijuana through legislative action in 2022. But other efforts have faltered in recent weeks as some legislatures have wrapped up their work for the year. Rhode Island remains the most likely to legalize recreational marijuana, while Delaware from a recreational standpoint, Kansas from a medical standpoint, and North Carolina from a medical standpoint are all considered as having a moderate to actually a strong chance of passing bills this year. These states, if they legalize, would generate hundreds of millions of dollars in marijuana and ancillary business opportunities down the road. Now, earlier this year, you may have heard us talk about Mississippi lawmakers legalized medical marijuana, and Maryland's legislature referred recreational marijuana to the voters in November. A restrictive medical marijuana measure in South Carolina was seen as likely to pass when, in a stunning action just last week, the House leader killed the bill, saying it included an unconstitutional tax increase, which is, quite frankly, kind of bullshit. But anyways, the bill's longtime sponsor is scrambling to see if he can get something done before the legislature adjourns this Thursday, such as attaching the measure to another bill. Now, the reason I mention all of this is the push for legalization state by state is still going on, and it's not dead, and even in states where we think it's very, very difficult to get some sort of legalization passed. We're seeing efforts on behalf of cannabis advocates in those states continuing to push. So we're never going to give up until we get full legalization. And this article from MJ Biz Daily talks about particularly that exact point. Okay, another article comes to us from Forbes magazine, and the headline reads, Federal appeals court rules that Delta-8-THC is legal. So you may have seen this one in the news, but I want to dig into it just a little bit more. So a federal appeals court in California ruled last week that Delta-8-THC and other cannabinoids derived from hemp are legal under the 2018 Farm Bill, even if the substances have psychoactive properties. So in an opinion from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, quoted by Cannabis News site Marijuana Moment. The judges, the panel of judges rather, wrote that products made with Delta-8 THC are generally legal under federal law, which defines hemp as any part of the cannabis plant, including all derivatives, extracts, and cannabinoids that contain less than 0.3% Delta-9 THC by weight. So we kind of already knew that. The federal statute is silent, though. With regards to Delta 8 THC, the court said in its three to zero ruling. So regardless of the wisdom, and I'm quoting from the court now, regardless of the wisdom of legalizing Delta 8 THC products, this court, meaning the appeals court, will not substitute its own policy judgment for that of Congress. Uh, And this was written in the court's unanimous decision by Judge Michael Fisher. So it's an interesting point because... Uh, Actually, how this came about was uh, handed down in a case regarding a trademark dispute initiated by AK Futures, a manufacturer of vaping and e-cigarette products. So in its lawsuit, the company claimed that L.A.-based Boyd Street Distro had sold counterfeit versions of AK's Delta 8 products. And Boyd Street contended, however, that AK Futures claim of the trademark infringement was invalid because Delta 8 THC is illegal under federal law. Well, last week's ruling from the Ninth Circuit Court upholds a lower court ruling and a preliminary injunction against Boyd Street. So the record really is interesting because The Ninth Circuit Court noted that if Congress did not intend to legalize psychoactive cannabinoids such as Delta 8 THC with the 2018 Farm Bill, then that is, quote, for the Congress to fix its mistakes. So the question really becomes, will Congress act? And this is the reason why I'm mentioning this one. Will Congress act to close this loophole as some people see it? Well, I don't know. Uh, Some in Congress have said that Congress clearly did not intend to legalize marijuana or intoxicating consumer products through hemp legalization and that they've tasked the FDA with finished product regulation. But what this does from this case and the continued demand in the marketplace is says Delta-8 is legal to produce. Uh, it is a legal product under federal law, at least according to this Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling. What it didn't answer, though, is the interesting point: is it legal to sell the products? And and that may be a little bit of a nuance. I'm not an attorney, but talking with attorneys about that, I think that's also one of the unsettled parts of this particular case. So stay tuned for uh, for folks in states that have uh, Delta Eight products uh, that they're providing to consumers. I guess the the discussion continues on whether you'll can be able to continue to sell this or whether you have to wait for your state to legalize either recreational marijuana and or medical marijuana. Hey, quick question for you. Are you liking what you're hearing on the business of Kush? Well, if so, please consider dropping us a review on Apple or rating us on Spotify. Now, both platforms make it super easy to do. And in fact, with Spotify, you just click the number of stars that you want and you're done. Super easy. Now, the reason I mention this is positive reviews are nice. Love to have them. Love to read them on the air. But what they really do is help get this podcast in front of more listeners in our community. So feel free to rate and review away and feel free to share this with others who you think would enjoy it. And also, let us know what you're thinking. And you can do that at our website at bizofkush.com. Now, if you do go there, you'll see that we've got every episode with the show notes and a place for you to ask questions or provide feedback on what you'd like to hear more of. So head on over to bizofkush.com and drop us a note. And also just one last reminder, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter, and all of them are at BizofKush. So let's connect. And with that, we're done for this week. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for your questions and look forward to you joining us again next week. We'll see you. You've been listening
0: to The Business of Kush, the podcast for cannabis business owners, investors, and industry insiders. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast. It's easy to do by clicking on that subscribe button or follow button. And you can also follow us on social media at at Biz of Kush, or visit us on the web at www.thegreenleafcpa.com forward slash listen. We'll catch you in the next episode. And thanks again for listening to the Business of Kush.